0: Welcome to the Beyond IPAs podcast, a show where we discuss and learn about quality craft beer in all of its forms. From our home base in southeastern Massachusetts, we explore all the various styles being brought to us by our local brewers and breweries throughout Massachusetts and all of New England. Sit back, crack a brew, and enjoy. Welcome to part two of our interview with Ken Semkin from Second Wind Brewing, Cone owner along with J.R. Shepard and Hans Turbush, down in beautiful Plymouth, Massachusetts. Second Wind Brewing, um, good stuff. Second part of this series, we talk about, you know, the regional impacts on small breweries due to this COVID stuff. The importance of being part of a community as they are down there in Plymouth, and the notion that good beer sells, as is always the case, and how being a importance of being a small brewery these days as opposed to intermediate or large and challenges that each, each level kind of faces. Ken talks about how he once dumped a batch of perfectly good beer, the importance of having good beer guys on the other end of the chain selling your beer, guys like Brett. And gives us some some advice for new brewers aspiring to be pro brewers based on his his journey from, you know, five-gallon bucket brewer to, to this wonderful brewery down in Plymouth. Uh, we also talk about, you know, some of the strengths and weaknesses that Kenny sees in his own brewery. And we get into beer naming and ask him about how, how do they actually name beers. So sit back, enjoy, crack a second wind brew. Hope you like it.
1: You know, let's talk. Let's talk about the the industry. I mean, obviously, the industry was heading where it, where it was heading, and then the past few weeks have kind of altered everyone's reality and everyone's universe. So, Kenny, I'd love to hear like your 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 thoughts pre pandemic, where you thought the industry was going, and then now that the events have transpired the way they have where you think the industry is going, and then kind of how you guys are dealing with that change of pace within literally less than a month's worth of time and dealing with the the challenges that have been brought forth because of the coronavirus.
2: Heading into this summer, not thinking we'd be where we are today, I saw my view of the industry was taking kind of three slices where you've got the big, massive breweries, and I'm talking beyond craft as well. That have a rarefied air and and place in consumers' mind where they're 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 fairly safe, and no one's putting Budweiser out of business this year. You've got the bottom, you know, Damn. tier of the uh, you know we the the small brewers. I think the move towards hyper local really, and I'll come back to. I'll probably make an off color comment here, but I think there's a lot of breweries out there, and I think people would be honest to say there's a lot of different approaches to craft brewing and and, and the quality that comes out of that. I think there'd sure. probably be some sort of shuffle over, you know, people talk about a bubble. I don't really necessarily think there's a bubble. I think places that survive in an environment where they have a local demand just may be limited in their, in their reach. So if you're in a town in the middle of nowhere that, like I was looking at the other day, like I noticed... Barrelhouse Z had announced that they were going to open a second location, and you look between two and I think it was ninety-three between between four ninety-five and ninety-five. There is not a single brewery in that huge area. There's Would not, dropping a brewery in there yeah, do really really well? There. Because there's there's nothing there. Would it serve a local market, or is there a reason why there isn't one there? You know, I'm not picking on that specific thing. I'm just thinking there's lots of places like that where you can drive out side of 495 and hit a lot of towns that have a really really popular thriving brewery it could be just purely that they've got a huge local market that's supporting them and i think that's the thing with south shore beer we we are a region or a regional team driving customers amongst each other but for the most part it's sometimes hard to get somebody to say i i'm going to hit the top and the bottom of the trail in the same day. Uh there there's still some driving involved there. So, you know, we, we you have to win at home. And I think that's the the point I'm trying to get at. Like we're not trying to get beer into not to say wrong these towns, but to the furthest ones I can think of right now, like, you know, Lemonster and out you know, Holden and other parts of the state that maybe someday we get there, but it doesn't fit our model today. Sure. And there's also really good breweries serving those guys right now. Yeah. So that's where I think the bottom right now in terms of size kind of is. I think it's the tough part right now is the middle tier. I think you've got the guys, the Smutty Noses and and, and the other breweries had really good distribution and were, were on a lot of shelves that are now competing. Uh, they don't have the the scale of the the large macro and, and large craft the anchors and canarchy and and dogfish sam and all those guys, but they also don't have the the local draw. Of, I, I live in Plymouth. I'm going to choose a Plymouth beer over a, a New Hampshire one, kind of thing. So I think that's where right now the the fight for shelf space and some of those mature brands that were built on large scale distribution it's tough to pivot that back to, well, we're just going to put in a really big tap room and try to draw people locally. So I, th- I think that's where you're going to see maybe some more acquisition changes, some changes. That, that, that was my feeling take it for what it's worth. Uh, any brewery were more just in terms of relevant no, yeah. scale, I was talking, not necessarily, I know nothing about those guys. I was just thinking about that in terms of somebody having closed, you know, one of the locations.
1: So it's, it's interesting because you have these brewers that have, Basically, they're fighting wars on two fronts, right? No, no one ever wins a war fighting on two fronts. You talk about hyperlocal. I think that there's been this push towards hyperlocal, which has been that's been in this country forever. That was how this country was pre-prohibition, right? Like brewery, like you went to your local brewery. That that's how you know that that's how this country was built, and even even today, right? Like you can a local brewery, if you keep that hyperlocal focus can survive on the population density around it and run a good thriving business. It's, it's that point when you start to cross the threshold to say like, all right, I want to take this business to the next level. And then you cross into the second tier. And then if you able to cross into that next tier up, you know, you're talking like, like you said, like Smutty Nose and those guys and up to like Sam and then harpoon potentially beyond, right? Like as you start to cross those thresholds, you never thought like you get out into mass distro and you're in Plymouth you never thought like all right i'm now i'm on the shelves in plymouth and i'm fighting budweiser and then there's four or five other local breweries that people are preferring that i'm i'm now fighting with them too you just you're caught in the middle that's a that's a that's a really good point i never really thought Wait. about that for those
3: guys it's interesting that especially nowadays that covid-19 has has, has narrowed the uh, has reduced the available avenues that we have to buy beer it takes Bring into sharp relief the fundamental weakness of Massachusetts liquor stores, where a lot of liquor stores are not properly recompensing their employees, not incentivizing them to give a shit about what's actually on the shelves. So, to take Smutty Nose, for example, Smutty Nose made great beer. And if there was a buyer, or if there was a a, a a cooler manager, let's say, who was incentivized to give half of a damn about a brewer like Nose, for instance, just for instance, they could fight for it. They could feel like that their work actually had meaning. And for Kenny's beers and Hans' and JR's beers to do as well as they are doing in Bridgewater, for instance, in this overcrowded a highly chaotic market where, for instance, (laughs) you might see Bissell on a shelf. You might see, you know, Alchemist. You might see Equilibrium on a shelf. Okay, fine. You may or may not. Mm -hmm. The fact that we're still able to sell four cases of correlation, for instance, Mm -hmm. we already had before in a week is that there is somebody there who cares about Kenny yeah. Knows Kenny's operation, understands the effort that goes into the production of his beers, that a brewery that can fit in half or a <laughs> quarter of a downtown Plymouth parking lot is able to not just make a wee heavy, but oak age the motherfucker so that softens uh-huh. a little bit and yeah. sell it out in a week, a week yeah. in Bridgewater... And also maybe leave the store with a Mayflower 400 or a uh, untold East by Northwest or a Stellwagen Symbols at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, it's, it's just that when in a crisis, we have to start pulling for each other and it affords us a unique opportunity to do so where things become a little more existential. You know, we're going to see a lot of breweries we – heard of close in the next month or two because they're operating on thin margins and I think it just and again okay. I apologize for taking time away for you to speak Kenny but I think what we're seeing is the superiority of your and Hans's and JR's method in that you are tied into a community you dot your I's and cross your T's you work hard and it's paying dividends. People want your beer in in a crisis. so, just, just,
4: so, so you know you know what's funny is, as, as, you, as you, you were talking, Kenny, I was thinking, and one of the sayings that we always have on this podcast is, is um, good beer wins, right? Like I, I no matter what you do, Good beer sells, right? So if you get that reputation, and that's why I love it and it goes back to our earlier – your earlier comment. The fact that the Shell breweries push each other to the limit and, and you challenge each other, that, that I think the consumer gets enough good beer in this area where they're not going to – if uh, Bissell Brothers hits the, hits the shelves or heady, like they're still going to always go back to what they know and – because it's good beer. It's, it's damn good beer. I mean, I, I, I buy it all the time. I, I, I go down to Stellwagen at least once a month and I buy it from Brett and I get your stuff, Kenny. And I, and I get untold and, and I'm at vitamin C almost every Saturday. And, and it's just, and Widowmaker, it's just, I love that about the community. And um, so, so I do think that, you know, when you, you mentioned earlier about a bubble, Dan and I have argued about this and, and and I've argued about it with other people. I, I, I think a town yeah. a, a mm-hmm. town can handle a brewery. I, and I think it's I think they can survive on that. Because if you're making good beer and you have the following, you're always going to be able to at least sell that beer to your following. I don't want to get too much. And, and i like to squeeze another question in.
3: I have so, to Kenny, say really quickly yeah, yeah. in that, really quickly in that, it, mm. to pull Kenny's putt a little bit, it's it's <laughs> you guys don't fuck around with quality you guys do not put Fugazi in cans. Like uh, we've only been doing serious business now for less than a year, you and I, but you guys are eminently conscious of quality. And so in a time when, all right, so two months ago, a brewery that only sells out of its tap room would have made sense because as long as you're rooted in your community you're going to do fine. A community taproom, as it were. But now those taprooms are shut down. Coronavirus has changed the game. So all of a sudden, you're translatable in a market that's not necessarily native to you. Because people can trust that when they buy your beer, it is what it we try wants to, make to it be. So like we, you guys we, we hard we, at that. We want to experiment. It's fucking and amazing.
2: We know that there's things. I think mean, that was one of the things we want to do from the get-go. Like, we wanted to have breadth in our portfolio. We wanted to be able to serve an array of customers. You know, we, we have had people come in and the last thing they want is a hazy dry hop IPA. Like we want to be able to, you know, maybe they're not our, our, our bread butterer in the context of how, you know, last two weeks putting out correlation, putting out wins, 22, things like that. Yeah. They, you know, next week with the key lime pie milkshake, like we, we, we go off Ugh. the reservation sometimes Ooh. with some of the crazy stuff we want to do. Cornucopia with, you know, we wanted a Thanksgiving beer with, with corn and and, and harbor yeah, cranberries. Like, those are the risks, in it, and we killed it with enigma. Like, put so much enigma in that beer that it, it took us an extra week to release it because it was so green because of how heavily we had hopped it. So. I appreciate you saying that no, made painful it decisions up. like we we had an awesome beer it was gorgeous I mean it. going into the bright tank that we had uh, we were gonna make a brute iPA champagne beer for New Beer's Eve way too much. Vic secret went into that beer and we dumped it we didn't like the way it came out. We just pulled it off the bright and and uh,
3: that's painful.
2: You know, it wasn't it like painful. it was infected. But, it wasn't it, like it just wasn't the beer that we wanted. And and those are the decisions that hopefully we'll stand by, you know, for perpetuity when we've got new members of our team making some of those decisions on our
3: behalf. But, yeah,
2: it's I, I appreciate you saying that.
3: No, it, it comes it, through. It comes through. It really does. And to,
1: hear, and to hear that, Kenny, right? Like you guys aren't just brewing beer in your garage. You guys are running a business. <laughs> yeah that's alright uh, that's right. the man it's the size
3: of a garage everybody untold <laughs> is tiny Uh, fucking second wind is tiny it's tiny yeah.
1: wait so what, what so uh, before I talk what, what's
2: the square uh, seven hundred and sixty.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
4: our cooler is yeah, but, 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 three
2: times but, but the listen,
3: size of your whole fucking outfit but, but, that's insane yeah.
4: but Brett let let let's also you get the outdoor space in the summer, which, no, but is, they're, which is they're awesome. But no, they not, tanks I get, stuff. They I get yeah. I, I, I get you. But yeah. I I love it. Like hanging around those barrels and having a beer outside with a little uh, little, little umbrella, it's it's a good spot. I like it. Get <laughs> When's the it change salt 21,
3: air. Aloha Prince of the Universe? These are A-level beers and I'm leaving a lot out. The quality that you guys are producing with limited spa- with spatial restrictions, no uh, one else is doing that right now. No one in Massachusetts that I know of. Maybe, maybe remnant, maybe in Somerville. I'm not sure, but certainly where we are, it's it's a testament to how hard you yeah, guys fight for. Yeah, it. I know you, were trying to get the- you guys fight for it's
1: it. That question that oh, I yeah, answer, it's up to you. If you want to- think about like it was. There wasn't a question. It was more like put things in perspective if you have i guarantee you if you guys take that 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 beer you're talking about the bird ipa off the bright tank you probably would have sold it but the fact that it didn't live up to your guys standard you guys dumped it it's a huge testament to the fact that you know the beer that you're going to get from second one is is quality right like you guys it didn't it didn't meet your standards and you said you know what I'd rather dump this it and hurt. serve this. I still kept drinking of it off. The, going
2: into the training. Like, does it get better as a, we get to the bottom? No. No, the whole thing went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you that,
2: yeah, you didn't dump you didn't dump it all <laughs> you. you dumped it a little bit <laughs> and you're like, well, oh.
1: that's, that's the bottom. Uh, oh, 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 are you sure? Are you sure? Oh no, no. Right. are you sure? No,
4: hey Kenny, on the other side, have you have you ever brewed a beer where you guys are like Damn it! This is good. We we nailed this one. This is really good. You're <laughs> tasting it, and you know it's going to sell. Oh, yeah. And ooh, geez That's wait a, a minute. Question: consumers um, don't think it's don't think it's as good as we think. No, Snowbird does well. Is that that tangelo That's the one well, made with Taylor,
3: Snowbird. Oh, to but you gotta there, be, you gotta be proud well. of Snowbird. That's a fucking yeah. accomplishment.
4: And, and, and you, maybe you didn't. Maybe it hasn't no, happened. Right. I, I, I'd just be curious. I always thought that. Or, or, Snowbird or wasn't receive well? No, not not necessarily receive well. Or just like your beer
1: that you, you barely, like, this beer is going to be like, even if it's like we think this beer yeah. is going to smash. The, and it, and it rate, does well, I but it, it doesn't live up to way you guys
2: because to, like, yeah. the Because uh, we've been talking about like different styles and different ratings, things like that. But you've been doing a nice job of – Inflating, you know my my ego. One thing I will say is one thing about our I'm, I'm on beer, South Shore Beer Number Three. You totally, we, uh,
3: it, buddy, you know that.
2: We only, we only <laughs> there we go. Trust in the people we trust. So I have a lot of of faith in in Brett and Nate Burkhardt at <laughs> Empire and uh, Dan Midnor. Up in
3: Braintree, um, Nate's a fucking. That, that's how
2: we operate. Our, our, every one of our beer leaves our tap room only to people we entrust it to. So, I know that when I look at Third in Line, when I look at Parade of Giants, and I know the only places those have gone to are to those in, in this context, just to you and Nate, Brett. If I look online. I see Third in Line. The first beer we put out, a hundred percent in cans, sold it out in under these circumstances in a week and a half. Going out as a it's more like a four, three something right now. of Giants. two now. How many cases of third line did we sell? Like, was it five? People, you've helped us. Because I, I think, I think the thing it was for us was realizing five. having a presence in people's refrigerators. Like, you know, doing the taproom only model was a, a tough thing to do just right off.
3: It it's worked a for a time. It didn't a, work.
2: I understand we had did. you know, if we picked up understand. our brewery and put it to a place that didn't get one point five to two million visitors a year, you know, would it have had the same that would have been our model? So what we realized was yeah, we would have, you know, fifty percent of our customers every day were new customers, but they were one time customers. Mm-hmm. Where now we've built these relationships, we've built ambassadors and advocates, you know, in in, in Bridgewater and in Braintree and in in Kingston that are now selling the beer for us and doing a really, really good job of it.
3: Nate is a murder machine. That guy cares a lot. Shout out to yeah. Empire Liquors in Kingston. Nate Burkhart is your guy. Right. He cares. Dan Midorth yeah, now working for K out in Rain Tree.
2: When I say that, don't I, 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 give no, respect to, to, to the, the families of business behind here, but behind you. It's just that. You're, you're what got us in the door you guys have the passion i don't know what i mean is like i wouldn't have reached out you did
3: like you did i'm just i'm just to, i'm just to, one
2: to stay in touch with this community how you are in, i mean i know it's not easy when you've not even just South Shore beer where you've got 10 breweries now to contend with and then you've got the south coast brewers who you know that's a lot to keep up with and you do a great job selling it all
3: they're feeling a little underserved, and I have to do a good well, well,
4: job. Of, of... Well, 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 Brett's Brett's got an advantage because he's got a lot, he's got a lot of heavy beer drinkers in Bridgewater. Yeah,
3: and, a lot of people sure. drink in that area. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's it for part two. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back again talking to Kenny in part three of this series, where we talk more about different beers that we like and Kenny's challenges with having multiple locations and the the opportunities that that affords as well so uh, so join us for that just as a reminder if you could give us a like or subscribe to our podcast that would really help us out we'd appreciate it or if you Have any questions or have any ideas for podcasts or you want to talk to us, uh, we're always happy to talk. So uh, check out our website, www.beyondipas.com, and you can uh, leave us a note there, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, all right, thanks for listening.